It is fantastic. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this edition of the Overtime Podcast presented by the Colt Front Report. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Clayton Garrett. You can find me on Twitter at C-F-R-C-L-A-Y-T-O-N. And joining me as usual, my co-host, Jeff Uvino. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing great. It's Victory Monday. It is Victory Monday. Mondays are always better after a Bills victory. So, for starters, I want to talk about the Bills game against the Jets. They won 17-16 to in a comeback effort. They scored – they were down 16 nothing and went on to score 17 unanswered points, mostly all in the fourth quarter, to win against the New York Jets. Um, one, of the, one of my more positive takeaways was the run defense in this game because it was ugly to start. Josh Allen turned it over four times in the first half. There was no doubt in my mind that we should have been out of this game and we should not have won this game. The defense kept us in it. They held Le'Veon Bell in check. I think anytime you keep a player like Le'Veon Bell or Saquon Barkley or Todd Gurley, one of those extravagant bat- – or one of those really dynamic players that can affect both the run and pass game, anytime you hold them under 100 total scrimmage yards, it's a win for your defense. Bell had 17 carries for 60 yards, averaging 3.5 yards per carry. He had six catches for 32 yards and a touchdown. But overall in the game, he had 23 touches for 92 yards and a touchdown. I think they kept Le'Veon Bell in check. And this run defense looked very promising, in my opinion. Yeah, the Bills defense kept them in the game um, for really until the offense could get something going, which was about three and a half quarters into the game. And you got to <laughs> give them props. There was a few times where Le'Veon broke some tackles, got a little space, but they were meeting him behind or at the line of scrimmage most of the time, which obviously is, is going to work out better for the defense more times than not if you're making first contact around the line of scrimmage. Um, Le'Veon – he, he ran just like he did in Pittsburgh. You know, he was patient, looking for holes, but they're, they're, the Jets' offensive line just wasn't that good. Um, I'd said last week on the pod that the Bills' defense was something I was concerned about after losing Kyle Williams. You know, I had never seen a Bills' defense without Kyle Williams anchoring the defensive line, but I think they did a good job. Um, I think that they had a good defensive game plan. Um, I wasn't so sure about Ed Oliver dropping back to co- in coverage. I thought, I, thought they, I thought they did well. I thought that they, they looked good. Um, you know, there, there weren't really any plays that the Jets broke off um, with the running game. You know, the, the Jets offense looked bad, and I think that that was part that they're not great. Um, but part of the Bills defense did a really nice job, really impressive. Yeah, they really avoided the big play a couple times. Um, and you, you talked about that Oliver dropping in coverage. I'm not going to talk about that Oliver dropping in coverage because, well, that, that's not what he's best at. But what he's best at, he replaced Kyle Williams yesterday. And, well, it, it was his first game as a pro and he he had a really good game he graded out 80.3 per pro football focus that's a very good grade and his pass rush grade was a 79.5 and that's the next thing I want to talk about is that the pass rush on the Bills defense was very prevalent yesterday and I spoke all offseason about how I feel if they can get a complimentary rush to Jerry Hughes on either the opposite edge or up the middle with that Oliver that this defense is going to be a force to be reckoned with and the pass rush the Bills blitzed Sam Darnold 38.3 percent of the time and he completed 43.8% of his passes for 50 yards, and he was sacked twice, and the Bills' defense had four sacks total. This pass rush, it really didn't turn it on until the second half of the game, but it kept the Bills in the game, and they made, it made life difficult for Sam Darnold back there. He could not just stand back there and pick the Bills' defense apart. He only threw for 155 yards yesterday. Now, the way Adam Gase runs his offense is he typically tries this dink and dunk stuff, run it a bunch of times, dink and dunk it underneath, and then try a couple deep shots. Well, Sam Darnold tried three deep shots yesterday, all the Robbie Anderson, and all of them, 
whether it was the Bills being solid in coverage, Teron Johnson broke up a pass to Robbie Anderson in the deep corner of the end zone, and Levi Wallace broke up another that Sam Darnold kind of fluttered. It, it was very solid coverage, and I think that's really going to be the backbone of this defense is preventing the big plays. Because we saw them yesterday. They, they wrapped up the underneath stuff for a majority of the game. They only allowed eight points on offense the whole game, believe it or not. That was impressive in itself. But I think it really all started up front with this pass rush. And the pass rush really kept Sam Darnold at bay and forced him into throwing it into windows that he wasn't necessarily the most comfortable throwing it into. Yeah, it looked like early in the game, they're only rushing four a lot of the time. The Bills were, and then they opened it up a bit more in the second half, and they did what they had to do. You know, they, um, like I said, I think they had a good game plan going in. That they, it was really damage control. Um, if you don't give up big plays, you put yourself in good positions to make stops. And um, like I said, the the defense kept the Bills in the game the whole time, and it seemed like almost in the second half, it was a given that the Bills were going to stop the Jets' offense. It was just a matter of would they be able to put points on the board or not. Right, and. Last week on the show in the pregame, pregame show of the Jets game, I said that the Jets are more so a team that when they get up, they're not going to be able to hold on to the lead. And when they get down, they're not going to be able to come back. And I was, I was right about that. They were up 16-0, and they allowed the, boy, the Bills to score 17 unanswered points. Now, I understand that it's not that big of a comeback to score 16 points but if you watch the game and you saw the course of how this game was playing out it was it seemed ugly. like a 30 point first game. half turnovers like 30 point game when it's 16 it, it, it really felt like a game that the bills would just just drop i was waiting for the defense to fall apart just in bills fashion as we saw for years after year year after year we've seen it against the chargers twice we saw it against the ravens last year we saw it against the bears we saw it against the saints a couple years ago it's just it's what has normally happened. It come, it's sad, but I came to expect it yesterday, but it never happened. The Bills' defense stayed stout. They only allowed eight points. Now bet, now it's to the, to the ugly part of the game yesterday. We saw Josh Allen turn the ball over four times in the first half. Now, you can argue however many times those were his fault or it was a freak play. Matter of the fact is the ball was turned over four times, and the Bills scored more points for the Jets' defense than they scored for their own offense in the first half of yesterday's game. It was not pretty by any means. And honestly, I, I, you, you have to see something better. I, I think this is – is this – what I want to know is if this is as bad as it's going to get with Josh Allen as a starting quarterback, or is this just a norm, another normal game for Josh Allen? Because if this is as bad as it's going to get, that's good. If it's just an, another game of the norm for Josh Allen, that's – we are not looking at a pretty 2019 season. I don't want to – I don't want to give too much substance to the first game of the season, but if this is what we are going to come to expect of Josh Allen, it's going to be a long year because there's not going to be many games. It, it, there's actually a probability of winning 3%, 3% of the time if you turn the ball over four times and you don't get any turnovers, you do not win the game. So there, this is not going to be a way to win week in and week out by any means. You know, I was optimistic about Josh Allen's play going into the game and he kept every bad decision that he made just – sunk me down a little bit you know I thought he he was unlucky on a few plays in the first half with the interception that hit Beasley in the leg um on the fourth down when they fumbled the snap and didn't really think that was his fault and then when once the ball hit the ground there wasn't really anything he, he could do um I thought he made some good decisions early in the game on that first drive when he rolled out he threw the ball away so that um <clears throat> that was uplifting but then in the second half he went back to throwing the ball down the middle of the field he had one ball that um, he was rolled out to his right and threw down near the end zone, should have been intercepted. There were a couple 
balls that he threw that should have been picked or open receivers that he didn't hit. And I thought as the game went on until, until the end of there with the running game started going and they turned it on, I thought that he looked worse as the game went on through the first three quarters. Um, I don't know if it was, he wasn't ready for some reason or if he had jitters in the first game of the year, but um, <laughs> I was disappointed by Josh, but he figured it out at the end. He had scored a rushing touchdown. He threw a passing touchdown, threw a great ball to John Brown there on the, the second touchdown. And, they figured it out. That's one way to win a football game. It reminded me a lot of the Tennessee game last year. The Bills looked bad most of the way. They pulled out um, a win at the end by scoring late, um, where it was like 13 to 10. But, um, yeah, it, they, it was one way to win a football game. And I, I think, Josh, he has to improve over the year. You know, he has to or else he's, he's going to be on his way out. And I know that's crazy to say about a guy who you drafted – in the top 10 in the in the first round and it's going to be your franchise quarterback but yesterday I think was a low point for him but um, I, have, I have faith in him that he's going to improve on that performance as do I and most of my gripe with yesterday's game on the offensive side of the ball isn't really with Josh Allen I'll be honest it, it really wasn't with Josh Allen and his play I think I don't think he was set into the best position to win yesterday and that falls on on offensive coordinator Brian Dabble now Yes, we can talk about how the offense came out in a hurry-up offense, up-tempo, and they looked, they were humming. I liked, I liked the, the hurry-up offense to start the game. I thought that was very good. It was a very good decision. They were running right down the field. But where my issue came in was throwing the ball 17 times in a row. You come out with a young quarterback going against probably one of the better defenses he's going to see this year. I won't, I, I'm not going to lie. The Jets' defense is pretty good in the middle of the field. But – you come out and you throw the ball 17 times in a row. You don't run the ball at all until the second quarter almost, and you run Frank Gore continuously. Here's where my problem came in. Frank Gore ran the ball for the first three quarters of the game, and Devin Singletary didn't get his first carry until the fourth quarter, and both of his first two carries went for 20 yards plus. The Bills had six plays of 20 yards or more on Sunday, and two of them were a Devin Singletary rushing attempts. Mm -hmm. that's where my problem comes in is your coaches were not putting you in the best position to succeed because what's a, a young quarterback's best friend, the running game. And I think we could have had a great game against the jets on the ground yesterday. If we started running the ball more often and giving it to Devin Singletary, because Devin Singletary, he looked electric with the ball in his hands. Frank Gore was your typical between the tackles, get your dirty yards type of runner. I understand that. But when Devin Singletary had the ball in his hands, he was electric. He looked dynamic with the ball in his hands. It is obvious to me that he is a weapon in the offense, and it was disappointing to see Brian Dabble not go to him until the fourth quarter when your team really needed yards. And to be honest, he was a huge component to the Bills scoring both of those touchdowns on both drives. You, and you didn't go to him until the fourth quarter? I, that, in my opinion, Brian Dabble is really coaching for his, his job this year. Because you have Ken Dorsey waiting in the wings as a quarterback's coach. And Brian Dabble, he has yet to show any kind of good display of offense in the NFL at this level. This is only his first, this is the first time he has gone into the second year of an offensive coordinator stint. He is honestly coaching for his job, and he is on the hot seat most of anybody in that offensive meeting room. Well, he needs to come up with a better game plan this week against the Giants. I, I mean, obviously, he thought they were going to go in there and throw the ball against the Jets' secondary, which we know. Obviously, is not a strength of theirs. Um, he, I guess he had a set in his mind that they were going to throw the ball and they were going to move the ball down the field through the air, and it just wasn't happening, and it seemed like they were still trying to force it. Um, I liked a lot of the short passes that they threw to Beasley. 
Um, I thought that Josh took a, a few um, took a few chances downfield that I didn't mind. He just missed them, just missed the throws. But yeah, you need to, you need to adjust quicker than that. If you don't, if you, you haven't moved the ball for 25 minutes through the air, what makes you think you're gonna be able to, you know, in the 26th? So we'll see if he can come up with a better game plan against the Giants because when the Giants defense got absolutely torched by the Cowboys offense, which I don't want to get into it. I'm not a big Dak Prescott believer. <laughs> I, don't, I think I. Their, their offense is okay. It's probably better than the Bills, but you got to score points on the Giants this week, and he's got to figure it out on, on uh, how to have the offense better. It's got to be better than it was yesterday. And there's just not really – I don't see any way that it could be worse than it is yesterday and still win a football game. I know they scored twice there at the end, but for – 45, 50 minutes, it was just atrocious watching their offense. And, I mean, they when they had the safety that was overturned, I thought, all right, that's their chance. Maybe they can swing the momentum here. Still nothing, but they, they figured it out to their credit. So I'm not going to be – I'm not going to attack them too hard because they, they won the football game. So there's only so much you can say, but it's not sustainable to play like that and win. It's not sustainable to play like that and not get blown out, honestly, with the four turnovers. Right. During the game yesterday when they had the graphic – um, the four turnovers in the first half, the, the first time that happened since uh, Peterman, Nate Peterman against the Chargers. When I saw that graphic, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be a long season. But Phil's not yeah. in the football game. So it, it's, I'm glad you say it's not sustainable, and it's not, that's not a way to win every week. You're not going to turn the ball over more than your opponent many times in a game, let alone four times more than your opponent in a game and come out victorious. And I'm glad you talked about how bad the Giants' defense was against the Cowboys. They lost their game 35-17, to and I agree with you that the very inglorious Cowboys offense, I think they're very much overrated, but that's a discussion for when we play the Cowboys, not the Giants. But the Giants' defense was rated the worst in the league, last in pressure percentage, and 31st in coverage. In my opinion, if this Bills offense is going to show that they have fireworks in them, this is going to be the week to do it. The Giants defense, while they are deep in the secondary, they are young in the secondary. They have a lot of young young players that are still learning how to play in this game. And actually, the Bills open as two-and-a-half-point favorites, and this is the first time the Bills have opened as favorites in an away game since the 2017 game in Miami when they ended the drought. I'm looking forward to this game. I you, you have a far different opinion about this game than I do, but I think they should win this game handedly. If this is a game, if the Bills are going to be a contender at the end of the season, whether it be a wild card spot or, or whether it be a playoff spot anywhere, if they're, if they're going to be one of the last teams playing deep into the deep into postseason, this is a game they should win handedly. But I said that about the Jets last week. So who knows? I, I hope this isn't a team that's going to play up or down to their competition because – I, I do think they have a good enough culture built to come out in those tight one possession games as they did as they did this past Sunday. But this is a team that they should beat handedly, in my opinion. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that that if the Bills are gonna be a playoff team, playoff contention team, they're gonna win these games. I mean, what makes you think that they're a, pl- a playoff team? I mean, is that is that that seems to be a popular opinion in Bills Mafia right now, is that they're gonna be in playoff contention. I'm not sold on that. I'm not against that, but but the the idea that these are games they're going to win because they're going to be in playoff contention, what makes people think they're going to be? Right, that's very fair. Honestly, I, I have a lot of confidence in this team this year. From from top to bottom, they were built. They were built. They're, they're built from inside out. And what I mean when I say that is this: yesterday, when C.J. Mosley went out of the game, 
before before CJ Mosley was injured, the Jets, the Bills' offense was averaging 4.8 yards per play, which isn't bad by any means. But where it's noteworthy is after he left the game, the Bills were averaging 10.65 yards per play. That is a dynamic, important player on the Jets' defense. Correct. He was everywhere. Right, he, he was everywhere, everywhere yesterday. He and when he, when he was I, – I can make an argument that if C.J. Moldesley doesn't get hurt and leave that game, the Bills don't win. That, that's very likely in my opinion. And now we talk about that. that C.J. Moldesley was one of the key signings by the Jets this offseason. The Jets and the Bills both rebuilt this offseason or at least made an attempt to, and they went about it in very different ways. The Jets bring in a player like a C.J. Mosley, and they give him all gobs of money, and they didn't necessarily back him up all that well. Whereas if the Bills lose one player on defense, yes, the, the play will drop off, but it won't drop off as significantly as it will when Jets lose said C.J. Mosley. Now, that's a very important aspect in terms of team and roster building. That's where most of my confidence comes with the Bills is they are built inside out. The, the, the drop-off in play when injuries come about isn't going to be as substantial as you see with a team like the Jets that I think are a little bit top-heavy in the talent that they brought in on their football team. Yeah, when you sign a running back to a big contract, obviously you're going to be top-heavy. Um, but looking ahead to the Giants, the Giants allowed 494 yards yesterday. However, they had 470 yards of offense. I know they only scored right. 17 points, but that's a lot. That's a lot of offense, 470 yards. You know, what, did the, what did the Bills – how much offense did the Bills have yesterday? I cannot tell you off the top of my head, but I think it's very noteworthy that the Giants had the best graded run blocking offensive line last week. And they have the best running back in the league, in my opinion, with Saquon Barkley. This is going yeah. to be an ultimate test to how good our run defense is this season. I think that Bell was a good start. I think they need to keep up with consistency in week two. If they want to come out of this game victorious, I, I believe they should come out victorious. But if they want to come out with a win, they have to contain Barkley in the run and pass game. It's 370. There we go. So 100 less than the Giants, yeah. Um, the Cowboys had four – or not the Cowboys. The Giants had 470. Is I think the X factor in the Giants game is whether they're going to be the Bills can score, which that's a very vague thing to say, and that's a very – obvious easy thing to say but it's true I, the, the defense is going to be good you know I think it's a good I think it's a good matchup I think obviously I agree with you that Saquon's the best running back in the league but I will never leave my belief that running backs are only as good as the offensive line in front of them to an extent very true um you know we saw it this week with Bell I think that it comes down to whether the Bills are going to score and against a bad defense they should be able to um I'm going into this game not as confident as you are. The reason being is being a Bills fan in the 21st century, after a win like yesterday, I'm conditioned to think they're going to go out and lose the next game because they should win it. You know, maybe not in September. I, I, uh, in my column, I, the, on my column Saturday, I had the stat that the Bills are 15 and 13 in September since 2011. And I don't remember the stat after September, but it's like 40-something and 60. Yep. Um, so maybe not in September isn't a game they, that they would lose, but I think that this is just a game to me that Bills fans are getting really confident, and it makes me nervous because it's a game that I feel like it's a letdown game that we lose. And, yeah, it, it, it makes me apprehensive going into the game. And you talk about how – we speak of Saquon Barkley as being only as good as his offensive line is, and that's why I bring up – his offensive line being graded as the best run-blocking offensive line from week one. 
And this offense starts and ends with Saquon Barkley. If you can contain Saquon Barkley, which is much easier said than done, I think you have the Giants where you want them if you're going to come out victorious. I think ultimately the matchup that's going to matter the most is this Bills defensive line against the Jets offensive – or excuse me, the Giants offensive line. And the reason I say that is the Giants really improved their interior over the last two years. Uh, Last year they signed Nate Solder, the left tackle starting for their team. They drafted Will Hernandez in the second round, and they, and they traded for the best guard in football, in my opinion, Kevin Zietler. And that is really where it's going to come down. That, that, that's where the game's going to be won and lost, in my opinion, is can the Bills' defensive line win their one-on-one matchups more often than the Giants' offensive line win their one-on-one? You said that was interesting to me that the Giants had the number one rated uh, rushing um, offensive line this week. I, I was unaware of that. That could be dangerous with, with you adding that and the best running back in the league. Yeah, that, I, I think it, that's where the matchup is really going to be important. Because if Ed Oliver is anywhere as good as he was against the Jets, against the Giants, I think we have this game in the bag. I, if we're predicting scores, which we're going to, I think the Bills are going to win 30-10. to 10. I think Wow, that, wow, okay. Yeah, I, I have them putting up 30 points. I think that the Bills' offense is going to be able to put up points against one of the worst defenses in the league this week. And I think the the defense is going to be stout. They're going to hold. Uh, I think Barkley might get more more yards, scrimmage yards than Bell had this past week. But I think ultimately they're going to contain the Giants' offense. They're not going to allow many points. I think they're going to score a touchdown early, and then the rest of the game they're going to score a field goal. If the Bills' defense can be consistent and the Bills' offense can be middling, maybe even mediocre this year, it's going to be a very successful year because I think that's just as good. That's how good the Bills' defense is. They're going to hold the teams under staggering amounts of points. And I don't think many offenses are going to be successful against this defense. And if it's going to be an offense that's going to be successful, it's certainly not going to be one led by Eli Manning. I don't think that's going to be the offense that lights up this Bills defense. While their statistics were were impressive against the Cowboys, I don't think the Cowboys defense is anywhere near the level of the Bills defense. But I ultimately think this is going to be a very potent game for the offense. I think they're going to give it to Devin Singletary a lot, and I think Josh Allen is going to take what he's given this week. I don't think that I don't think it's going to be a pass happy offense as it was against the Jets. And ultimately, I think the Bills are going to get over that 350 yard mark total again this week. And I think it's going to be a very successful week overall for the entire football team. So let me ask you this. If you think the Bills are going to win this week, do you think they win since it, the Cincinnati game too in week three? Not to get ahead of ourselves. but that, That's a different discussion. I think, the, I think the Bengals match up far better than the Giants match up against the Bills, where the, the Bengals, ha- they have talent everywhere on that team. They were 5-2 and two to start last season, and then everybody got hurt. Mm-hmm. I think that's a far different discussion. That's a discussion more so for next week. It's a game of matchups, and the Bills match up far better with the Giants than they do against the Bengals. I think they could beat the. I think they will beat the Bengals, but I don't think it's going to be as. I don't think it's going to be by a score of thirty to ten. By so any three means. and I think going they will into more so by like one or two positions. I have the Bills going three and zero going into New England. Who, yeah, who do you have winning this week? Well, you know, I would have liked to watch the Giants game yesterday. I accidentally fell asleep actually. I, I slept. I fell asleep for four hours yesterday afternoon. I was really upset with myself because I couldn't sleep last night. So <clears throat> I will apprehensively pick the Bills, nineteen to thirteen. Um, after watching 19. that offense, yeah, that's a weird watching, score. That's a yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't like picking freaking seventeen to fourteen. I don't like that. It, whatever. Nineteen thirteen. The Giants are going to kick some field goals. Bills are going to kick some field goals. You know, whatever. 
maybe we'll go for two. But I can't say that I, after watching that offense yesterday, I can't say that I think the Bills are going to score 30 points. I can barely even see him give them 20. I know they're going against a bad defense. I know that Josh Allen is probably only going to improve from where he was yesterday, but I can't, I can't give him more than 19 after watching yesterday. It, it was, for most of that game, they just looked horrible. And like I said, it's one way to win a football game. You know, they won the game, but I don't know. I just can't, I just can't give them, can't give them 30 right now. Just can't do it. I'll tell you this, Jeff. If the Bills don't score more than 20 points against this Giants defense, I will personally be the one to light the fire under Brian Dabble's seat. That, 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 that's inexcusable. After, after what the, I think the, the Cowboys are, are an average offense. If the Bills can be an average offense this season, they're going to be, be a successful team. If they can't even be average, that, they have the talent to be average. That's where my problem comes in. If your offensive coordinator is, isn't getting average production out of an above, out of about average level talent, that's a problem. And I think, that, I think if this week, if the Bills don't score more than 20 points, I think that seat under Brian Dabble starts to heat up a little bit. Even if they win the football game? Even if they win the football game. Even if, they, even if they're 3-0 and and this offense is scoring middling points as they were last year. Well, not even – I won't even say last year, but we'll say 2017 when Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback. If they're just a middling offense, if they're a, just the bottom third – of the league offense, if they're in that realm of an, of an offensive unit because the offensive coordinator is holding them back, I will personally light that torch under Brian Dabble's seat because it, it, this is an offense that, in my opinion, they should be scoring more points, more than 20 points a game against what looks to be one of the bottom three defenses in the league this season. Mm-hmm. Funny you bring up Tyrod Taylor. Um, I heard an, an opinion today that um, the guy said that he, he was happy – with even though Josh Allen made mistakes, he was happy with seeing him throw the ball down the field and take some chances because when Tyrod Taylor was quarterback for the Bills, they didn't turn the ball over. It's because they didn't throw the ball down the field and they didn't move the ball. You know, Tyrod never turned the ball over. That's because he didn't throw it more than ten yards past the line of scrimmage. So, I guess if you yes. want to see the Bills, op- if you want to see the Bills open it up a little more on offense, there's going to be those growing pains. There's going to be those mistakes where they turn the ball over, and that's and it's part of taking more chances. My issue is is with a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor in a game where you're down 16 to nothing, in you're deep into the your middle of the second half and you're down 16 to nothing. That is a game that you're not in anymore because yeah. the like like you just said, Tyrod Taylor didn't take those chances with the football. He didn't right. push the ball downfield. He didn't he didn't try and make the big play hardly at all. He was afraid he was afraid to throw it in the deep middle half of the field. That is a game where yesterday where against the Jets, I was confident that we had a chance to come back. Whereas if Tyrod Taylor is my quarterback, I think this game is over at halftime. Mm-hmm. When you're down, we saw, six- we saw Josh Allen turn the ball over, but then we saw him be able to make plays because he took chances and he, and he tried, it looked like he was trying to move the ball. You know, with, with Taylor, it looked like he wasn't even trying to move the ball. He was just going to go to his check down or run out of bounds. Right. And, and we- I think that it's something we have to keep in mind that Josh Allen, he, while, we are optim- cautiously optimistic of all of his physical traits, all the things he can do with the football in his hands, whether it be throwing it deep downfield, throwing it to his check down, or, thro- or, or running the ball in himself. While he has all of these physical traits and gifts, we have to keep in mind he's a second-year quarterback, and there's going to be growing pains this year. There's going to be those games where he throws a boneheaded interception. As long as it's not a hero ball interception, 
I'm fine with it. As long as he's throwing the ball out of bounds when he's pressured to his right or left, as long as he's being smart with the football while also taking chances downfield, I'm perfectly fine with it because he is still, while he is a second-year quarterback that we are cautiously optimistic about with his traits, he is still a work in progress. For as raw as he was coming out, coming into the draft, he is still a work in progress, believe it or not. And he is always, he's going to be a work in progress until the third or fourth year in his career when he really starts to set in. Do I hope he sets in sooner rather than later? Absolutely. Can I say whether or not he is going to? Not at the moment, no. But there are going to be games like yesterday, like against the Jets where he throws bonehead interceptions, where things the, the ball just falls a certain way and it doesn't go in the Bills' favor. That's going to happen every, every few Sundays or so. It's just a matter of him learning from his mistakes and not making them again because that's, where, that, that's when poor quarterback play is really more so on display than it's not. And we're going to complain about him throwing bad passes and throwing the ball down the field too much. But at the same time, it's good to see that. It's good to see him taking chances. It's good to see him trying to move the football, like I said. So even though we're, we're going to complain, maybe it's a good thing. You know, maybe it's good for him to be able to throw the ball downfield and take some chances. Another thing I wanted to bring up with Josh Allen is it seems as though every time he runs the ball or he dives forward to get past the markers like he did yesterday, people – People hold their breath and they go up in arms. And I'm thinking, this guy's 6'5", 240. He's not going to get hurt from running the ball. You know, I mean, maybe right. if, if, he, if someone takes out his knee or if he hits his head wrong or something, but he's not going to get hurt running out of the pocket and running for first downs. He's not a little running back. I mean, Jamal Adams is five foot, it was five foot 11, 180, 190 pounds. What's he going to do? To Josh Allen, they're, they're just not the same size person. It's so I, I I don't like when people are all are all paranoid about he's going to get hurt because he's not sliding. I don't yep. like that. Right. And maybe maybe I'd say that I'm a jinx him and he's going to get a concussion. But I think he's I am perfectly fine with him running ball and him initiating contact. I knocked on wood there for you, Jeff. Don't worry. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> No, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not as worried about it as everybody else is. It's more of a longevity thing, in my opinion. If I'm going to worry about it, I'm going to worry about it four or five years down the line where you see these bigger quarterbacks that, are, that took chances in the early parts of their career, i.e. Cam Newton, yeah. uh, that are struggling with their health in, in more so. In the, in, yeah, that, that's the one thing that I have in the back of my mind. I'm not worried about it right now. I don't think – like, yeah, yeah, last year he did he – he sustained a very serious elbow injury. But keep in mind, that was in the pocket against a very good pass rush with a very bad offensive line. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily worried about him taking chances on the ground. I think if he's moving the chains, like that quarterback sweep they ran, I think that is very – that's smart play calling. That's using your quarterback's tools to your advantage rather than just him playing cowboy ball, running all over the field on, on improv. Now, Jeff – you have the Bills beating the Giants 19 to 13. I have the Bills beating the Giants 30 to 10. Nonetheless, we both have the Bills winning this week. I think they're going to beat them handedly. You think it's going to be more of a tight game and you don't you're not you don't feel comfortable making the prediction that this offense is going to score 30 points or more. I understand that, but I ask you, do you think that Brian Dabble is going to be on the hot seat if this offense performs to your expectations? For this week or for longer into the season? In the first – if it is consistent – if the offense is consistently scoring somewhere in the area of 20 uh, – of under 20 points 
So if the Bills scored only 19 points this week, that would be two weeks in a row that they'd be they'd been held under 19 under 20 points. If the Bills continuously show these offensive troubles of putting points on the board and sustaining drives and getting and scoring, do you think Brian Dabble become it starts to be on the hot seat if this continues into the middle area or or the middle portion of the schedule? We'll say around week five or six. Um. I think five or six is a little early. I think if you get to the middle of the season, maybe eight games in, then yeah, if they're not starting to show some improvement, I think it depends on how the players are performing as well. Um, you know, if Dabble's putting the players in good position to to score and and they're not, um, which is which you said that you thought yesterday he was setting them up to fail, setting Josh Allen up to fail with the play calling, which I don't disagree with at all. Um, I think that if he's putting the Bills' offense in good position to score points and they're not, then I think that he, yeah, he will be on the hot seat. But <clears throat> depends on how the players perform as well. I thought that his game plan yesterday was bad. I didn't like that they threw the ball a million times, especially when they were backed up towards their old goal, own goal line. The Bills had bad field position in the first half yesterday. They tried to fix it by throwing the ball. It didn't work. They were lucky that their defense didn't really give up many first downs. You know, usually we see Bill's defenses, they're kind of bend, not break. Yesterday, they didn't even bend most of the time. Um, the Jets weren't able to move the ball at all. But I think that, yeah, if it gets to be week eight or so and the Bills are in that four and four range and they're not scoring, yeah, you, you could make a change. Um, I think that they're, that's, that's a conversation for later in the year, but it's definitely – we definitely could be heading toward that way with how the offense performed yesterday. Right. All right. Let's close it out here. Thank you for listening to the overtime podcast presented by the cold front report. I'm Clayton Garrett. You can find me on Twitter at CFR Jeff, tell the good people where they can find you. Real J U V N O R E A L J U V E I N O. Don't forget to go ahead and follow the cold front report on Twitter. Fate on twitter and instagram and like us on facebook that is at cold front report on twitter at cold front report underscore bills news on instagram and cold front report colon bills buffalo bills news on facebook thank you for listening and this has been the overtime podcast presented by the cold front.